to Couple of Idgets, your daily episode-by-episode podcast covering the show Supernatural. I am your host, Dan, and with me, as always, Penny. How are you doing today? Good. How about you? Good, good. Okay, so this is Asylum, and this is fun because it happens in Rockford, Illinois, hometown. I didn't notice it they, if they actually filmed it in Rockford, Illinois. I didn't notice by any exterior so- shots. Do you know? No, they didn't. And actually, I believe when I first saw this episode a while back, I looked it up, and there is no Roosevelt Asylum in Rockford, Illinois. Um, there's a creepy building, I think, that I'm not really sure. I should have looked it up again before I started recording, quite honestly. Well, because this is a reoccurring location, right? Yes, where they filmed this episode, they filmed other episodes, too. They've used it for, uh, you know, abandoned factories and stuff like that. This time they had it dressed up as an abandoned asylum. Okay. So there's no Roosevelt Asylum in Rockford? Not that I recall, no. The filming location isn't near Rockford, either? Probably not. I mean, they they film in Vancouver, so... Yeah, that's what I thought, actually, when I watched this. I was like, eh, they... Probably nowhere near it because they're Canadian. Yeah, they they uh, a lot of people, a lot of shows record in Canada and Vancouver area because that's well, especially CW shows. Well, yeah, I mean, hey, X Files film there. I mean, a lot of shows because of the fact that I think um, I don't know if they have better. Probably it's less expensive to film there for one thing. Um, the weather is good pretty much year round. I mean, you know, they're this Pacific Northwest. It's not like they have the Freezing Arctic weather. Yeah, and for shows like this where they need atmosphere. Exactly. Um, like X-Files. I could definitely see. So it opens up uh, at the Roosevelt Asylum and goes inside. Uh, we're just following like along with some people. Looks like there's bums have lived there. Cause there's, <laughs> there's just junk everywhere and spray painting. and Cops then show up. Uh, and the two cops quickly reveal the local legend that there's a ghost inside here that if you spend the night, it'll make you go insane. Cops wander inside. They find a lock cut on one of the doors. And they go into a area behind a door that's very clearly marked as a biohazard area. We'll see this door keep coming up again. Yes, I noticed that door, too. I was kind of wondering why, but, you know, I suppose you're dealing with patients and there would be some you know hospital there would be some biohazard material i suppose mm-hmm. and uh so there's two cops looking around uh, one of the cops then comes out of that biohazard area and just looks creepy he's got a bit of a bloody nose and yeah sorry <laughs> i was taking a sip of soda sorry. okay <laughs> uh creep cop <laughs> gets into the car and takes off well, with his well they found the kids. They just chased the teenage kids out. Yeah, they found the kids, chased the kids out. Yeah, gets in the car with his partner. Partner asks, hey, what'd you see? And he goes, oh, nothing. Even though he looks creepy and has a bloody nose. <laughs> yeah, so Creep Cop goes home. Uh, seems like him and his wife have some sort of domestic dispute happening. And wife says, you know, you got to talk to me. I'm really sorry. And then the cop just grabs a gun and shoots her dead. Yeah. That wasn't cool. <laughs> that's the fade out to commercial. Um, come back then, and the boys are looking for dad. They're thumbing through the paper. 
looking for dad, discussing dad, and while they're looking, Dean gets a text message on his phone with coordinates. And so they automatically, hey, it's got to be, or Dean automatically assumes it's got to be dad, and hopefully he's going to be there, and they'll be able to find him and see what's up. And Sam's like, well, are you sure? And once again, Dean's like, yeah, dad gave us an order. We follow his orders. That's just the way it is. Well, they looked through the paper and saw that the court, they knew that the coordinates were Rockford, and while looking through the paper, they saw, saw the story about the cop. And kind right. Of felt that it was. Right. Th- thought that's, well, this must be why, you know, dad is sending us here. It's got to be something to do with this cop and killing his wife. And then the paper reported that he ultimately, then the police officer killed himself as well. So it was a murder-suicide. So boys head to Rockford, and it seems like they track down the uh, this cop's partner. Dean wanders in at a bar. The Dean wanders in and acts like a reporter and starts asking him questions about it. And uh, Sammy comes in and bosses him around and says, you know, get out of here. Leave him alone. He's an officer of the law. And uh, then Sammy sits down with him. They go back to Dean standing outside. I don't know. He's just rubbing his shoe in the dust or something. <laughs> and then uh, Sam comes out with the full background story. So it was a, it was a gag for them to get more info, background info from, this, from his partner. Yeah, they had, you know, Dean play the jerk, and then Sam come and be the good guy, and hey, let me buy you a beer, and you know, they sit down and talk, and yeah, then Sam comes out with all the info that they need. Yep, so the boys then head to the asylum, and they start going through the timeline of that evening, and they discuss the door chaining and it being lo- unlocked, so they could kind of tell that that was a recent thing. Right, and they said, you know, it's, you're obviously right trying to keep people out or possibly keep something in they weren't sure at this point there's a hottest psychic joke played on (laughs) sam can you explain that well just because sam is starting to um have psychic abilities and he's starting to talk about it more you know start with his visions of jess and then visions of um the lady in the last episode where they were at their old house so Dean just was want to ask him a little bit more about his visions and what, what it's all about. What else he could possibly see. But it was like, who's the hottest psychic? Mich- Sarah Michelle Geller? No, Patricia Arquette, because uh, she was in a show. I can't remember what it was called. Jennifer Love Hewitt, we know she was in a show. So who's, yeah, who's okay. the hotter, hotter psychic? Patricia Arquette, Sarah, no. Jennifer Love Hewitt or Sam Winchester? My vote is for Sam. We don't even know what shows, though, those other ones are from, do we? No. Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. I, it was a show that was on not too long. Well, Party of Five? No, no. Yeah, she was in that show, but no. Um, I can't remember the name of it. But anyway, yeah, she was in a show where they play, she played a psychic. So uh, then Dean has his um, EMF meter out. And at the same time here, he does a bad Jack Nicholson impression, too. It's very odd, odd and out of place. Um, Why did Dean do a Jack Nicholson impression? It, it was just because it was flew is, over the cuckoo's nest, yeah, right? Yeah, just because of that, you know, and they're in a, uh, an insane asylum and one flew over the cuckoo's nest. How many people watching this show watch One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, though? You haven't even seen it. No, I haven't, but I know what he's referencing. Um, and, 
Sam and Dean are up on pop culture. I mean, they have a lot of pop culture references. I mean, look at their the names, the fake names they always use as something to do with you. It's probably nine times out of ten going to be some sort of classic rock band member name. <laughs> yeah. Well, then Sam brings up Dad not being there, and they start fighting again. Dean and Sam start bickering over Dad once again. Yeah, Sam wants to look for John, and Dean says, well, Dad sent us here. We want to finish the hunt. So that's what they decide to do. Well, Dean's pretty sure that something happened in the South Wing and wants to get some more information on that. Mm-hmm. So Sam goes and visits a Dr. James Elcott. Is it Ellicott or Elcott? It's Ellicott. Okay, because, you know, Phil Henry <laughs> has Dr. Yeah, Ed Elcott, and yeah. I was like, man... No, this is Ellicott. Okay, so it has nothing to do with the Elcott religion? No, nothing whatsoever. Being No, no. Uh, well, to give more information, Sam goes in and starts a therapy session. And uh, he just starts asking questions about what the heck happened there with your dad in the South Wing. But Well, at the time, he didn't know it was his dad. He just said, oh, Ellicott, that was a... You well, know, that's why he took the therapy right, session. Right. Him. That's why he made the appointment, because he knew he had some sort of relation to the doctor that was yeah, in charge of the Yeah, he kept wanting to get back, but he was like, oh, do you want to hear about the Roosevelt riots? If you start talking truthfully to me, I'll tell you all about it. And so his first <laughs> question is, so you're on this road trip with your brother. What do you think of your brother? And, of course, they cut away because we don't want to really know what Sam sometimes does think about Dean. So, yeah, Sam wanders out of his appointment, all salty, but then quickly walks up, talks to Dean, and tells him all about these riots. What happened in these riots? Um, they don't really specify, except for the fact that some of the patients decided to, um, I guess they were tired of how they were treated and how uh, things, you know, mental asylums back in the day weren't all that great. Um, so they rioted, killed um, some members of staff, some of the patients got killed, and so that's what happened. So now Sam and Dean certainly think they're dealing with some sort of upset spirit. Yeah, then we see two new kids sneaking in, a uh, boy and a girl. The girl's looking very scared. Uh, the, other, the boy's name is Gavin. We find out really quickly. The uh, a door, Gavin then walks into the biohazard room without the girl. Door shuts behind him, and then we see the spooky girl. Or I'm going to say it looks like his girlfriend, but she's spooky and scary. Walks up, kisses him. He peels back, realizes it's some sort of gross-looking spirit girl. Yeah, and he tiles it out of there. He's like, ah... Yeah, because then he realized, uh, then he I th- he heard his real girlfriend's voice, Catherine. Right, yeah. She was calling for him, and that's when he backs up and goes, oh, it's these scary girl voice, because up until, the, or Pace, up until then he thought it was his girlfriend until he heard his real girlfriend calling for him. And at this point, the boys have the EMF meter, so they go looking for the ghost. Because I guess at this time it went... Yeah, when they were there during the daytime, it didn't register anything. So they figure the spirits just must come out at night because, you know, what fun would it be to be in a spooky asylum during the daytime? you got to be there at night to bust the ghosts. 
Well, at this point, then, there's, like, just a real quick, like, two-second shot of some guy in the insane asylum with, like, a shaky head. His head's, like, shaking back and forth really quickly. We never see this guy again. Never explained. It's just shaky head guys there. No, but he's in a straitjacket, so you have to assume it was one of the, a spirit of one of the patients that died there. Okay. The boys keep looking. And then that gro- ghost, gross ghost girl from before uh, meets up with Sam. Dean then busts in on him, blasts it with the shotgun, and it vanishes. And then boys end up finding Cat, which is Gavin's girlfriend. She said that they were just broke into there and that they were looking for ghosts. But she isn't leaving without Gavin and wants to stick around and keep looking for him with Sam and Dean. Yeah, Dean, you know, tried to have her leave, have Sam show her up. She's like, nope, not leaving without Gavin. (coughs) Um, So she decides that she's going to stay there and help them find her. Find him, I should say. It was a pretty funny moment here because Dean turns around to Kat while they're off looking like, you need to pay attention during horror movies and not go into places like this. <laughs> when, it's, yeah, it's just, when they say something is haunted, it's haunted. Stay out. <laughs> Sam uh, ended up finding Gavin first, and Gavin just freely admitted that he kissed the gross girl. So at that point, Sam realizes that um, these ghosts aren't trying to hurt them. Um, so Sam, did she say anything to you? He's like, I don't know. Once I discovered it wasn't my girlfriend, I just ran, you know? Yeah. At this point, a creepy hand reaches out, grabs Kat and pulls her into a door and the door shuts behind. Well, that's after we go back to Dean and Kat away from Sam and Gavin. Right. Right. So Kat gets pulled into this room alone. Uh, Dean's trying to break in. Kat's stuck. Sam and Gavin, they all then are outside and uh, just yells, like, trust, trust us. Uh, It just wants to talk to you. It's not going to hurt you. Well, that was, Sam figured that out. And he's like, yeah, just, you're going to have to face it. It won't let you leave until you face it. Um, It doesn't want to hurt you. And Dean's like, boy, I hope you're right about this, Sam. And Sam's like, yeah, so am I. Door opens up. Cat comes out. And the ghost said 137. And Kat asks how the boys know so much about all this ghost stuff. Yeah. I don't know if she said it then, but... um, So, yeah, they decide that Dean is going to go find this room 137, because that's what they figure 137 means. There must be something in that room that the spirit wants him to find. And Sam tries to get the Gavin and Kat out, but they're unable to leave. All the doors are shut tight. So the spirits don't want anyone to leave and want some to hang around. Uh, Sam gets a call on the phone. It's Dean saying, come to the basement. So Sam goes on down with his shotgun handy. Or no, <sighs> Sam hands the shotgun handy and hands it to Cat. He had to have had both of them is what I'm thinking. Because at this time... Um, yeah, it was supposed to be Dean, but he's in the room 137, and what he does is he finds a journal um, that the doctor wrote on a patient and discovered that the doctor was doing something even worse than lobotomies and electric shock treatment, how he's trying to so-called treat his patients. But not knowing it, you know, 
Dean calls. Sam goes down to the basement, doesn't find him. And then we see the ghost of this Dr. Ellicott gets a hold of Sam, zaps his brain somehow, and then uh, Dean approaches Gavin and Cat. And that's when she, sh she, because she does have a shotgun, shoots at him, not realizing it was Dean. He's like, hey, wait, it's me. It's all cool. Don't shoot. Yeah, because they thought Dean was in the basement. And so then we all figure out that the Dean call that Sam received was a fake call. And that Sam got s suckered into going down alone. Right. Dean goes to the basement, finds Sam. We get all this information about Dr. Ellicott being mean to his patients. They were doing some sort of like to make them nicer. They would make them super mean and angry and have them fight it out or... Yeah, it just um, sounded like they were pitting them against each other in gladiator battles. <laughs> I kind of interpreted it more of like a Dr. Jekyll experiment where they're trying to totally expunge the um, violent tendencies out of the people once and for all. And it just didn't work. Well, the boys go and look for a hidden room that all this was happening in, right? Yes, because a journal that Dean read mentioned something about a, a room that no one else knew about where he was conducting these experiments. And they also assumed that this is probably where the inmates hid his, his remains because no one found his remains or some of the remains of the patients after the original riot was cleaned up and the, the hospital was cleared out. So find each other. and But at this point, though, Dean is possessed? No, Sam is possessed. Sam's possessed, yeah, and sticks him up with the rock salt shotgun and blasts him. Right, and then I put here that Sam starts an airing of grievances. <laughs> yeah, he start, well, start complaining about Dean looking for dad all the time. No, just looking for dad, but always following his orders and doing everything he says and, you know being a good little soldier and things like that, that John always wanted him to be and that Sam, when he was younger, had a problem with. So Dean ends up giving Sam a handgun and then dares him to shoot him with that. Uh, and we know that he's possessed at the time. This whole thing is just nutty with everyone and all their guns everywhere. <laughs> and uh, Sam goes ahead and pulls the trigger, starts shooting at Dean, but there's no bullets in it. <laughs> Dean then beats up Sam in pretty court. Quick order. Yeah. <laughs> you think it's actually going to give you a loaded gun? <laughs> yeah. And then in the fight, Dean found a dead guy in the cabinet. Which she figures out must be the doctor because it was hidden where people probably wouldn't look. Yep. And at this time, then we see the ghost of that guy once again came out with his little brain zapping thing and attacked Dean. Right. This was after Dean had already started salting the bones and was did pour lighter fluid on him before the doctor attacked, but the doctor did attack before Dean could get a chance to actually set everything on fire. Yeah, Dean, well, so while this is all happening, the ghost gets lit on fire, or the body gets lit on fire. The ghost crumbles and dies like charcoal. The end of that, we come back. I think they're just sitting in a diner. Sam gets a call from Dad. The end. <laughs> no, um... First of all, they're outside the asylum. Cat um, and Gavin thank them for getting them out. And Cat mentions to 
Well, actually, when they were still in asylum, she said if they get out alive, she's still breaking up with them. Um, and Sam apologizes to Dean, telling him he didn't mean what he said when the doctor was, was um, possessing him. And Dean's like, yeah, okay. Um, that's not a problem. And actually, they're back at the hotel. When Dean's sleeping, his phone go goes off, Sam picks it up, and it's his dad. And that's where the episode ends. So now, hopefully, next episode, we'll actually see John Winchester. And not just in the final scene where he's hiding from his kids. Like last week. Yeah, last week we saw him sitting there at um, Missouri's. Yay. I almost said Minneapolis. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What would you think of this episode overall? Well, it's your typical, you know, um, supernatural episode. Uh, I do have to say, though, um, this weekend after watching Poltergeist, man, those guys really needed to call Sam and Dean on that whole mess. <laughs> there never would have been a fault. They found the bones. Did they burn salt and burn them? No. Yeah, we have been watching Poltergeist. Um, those are pretty good movies. They still hold up. They're still they could they still were able to spook me in a couple of parts. The uh, chair stacking, I think, is probably the spookiest scene. Yes, yes, that is. And uh, to be honest, I had some dreams last night about this little blonde girl called Carol Ann. <laughs> Always looking for her, could never find the thing. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, Sam and Ewan got that shit straightened out in short order. There had never been a poltergeist two. Maybe two, but not a three for sure. <laughs> well, yeah, I started nodding off during three. We're going to have to revisit that one. Yeah, we'll I do like how one, you know, we find out that the house is built on top of a burial ground. And then in two, spoiler alert, the burial ground, the house was buried on top of a burial ground, which is buried on top of um, a ritualistic su murder-suicide. Right, right, from, from back in the day. Yeah, some preacher, you know, forecasting, predict, trying to predict the end of time. He and his followers locked themselves in this cave and, ooh. And then they built a cemetery on top of this And cave. times don't come, so they all die. But, yeah, then the cemetery gets built on top of that, and then the houses get built on top of that. So, basically, those people were screwed no matter what happened. It would have been funny if three was like, oh, we found an ancient subway or something, <laughs> like even buried something underneath the other one. I mean, like the restaurant? <laughs> subway restaurant. I see Jared down there before he lost his weight. <laughs> uh oh, <coughs> Dan's choking on a soda. <coughs> oh man! So anyway, yeah, that's the the end of the episode. So well, I got to tell you, this episode is pretty lame. Well, yeah, I guess. In what way? just because they were able to sort it out so quickly? There's just nothing to move this story forward. There's no new information. Well, they have a lot of episodes like that. It's not all looking for John. I mean, it is. That's in the back of their minds for sure. And also, in hoping that they find him, can find the thing that killed their mom and Jess. Um, but they do have to do these other jobs in the meantime. That's the family business, hunting things. <laughs> Saving people, hunting things, the family business, you know. They got to keep it up. Oh. All right. <laughs> well, I just wish this show was a little scarier, I guess. Um. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not. 
it's commercial TV. It's not going to be like super scary like a movie is or anything like that. But anyway, yeah, it could be scarier. But it, you know, sometimes... It doesn't help that we're writing down all these notes either. No, I think if we're maybe paying less attention, it would be scarier. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how to put that. (laughs) It's hard to say. Okay. So what's the next episode? Um, season one, episode 11, it's called Scarecrow. Let me guess, a scarecrow comes to life and ravages the town, or scares the town, and... I'm not gonna say what it's about. And there's a farmer, and he was mean to the daughter, and the spirit has come back for revenge. I'd mm. like to, maybe I should, that, that'd be fun. How far off am I? Is there a, is there a farmer... No. Is there a spirit getting revenge on a farmer? No. Is there teenage children being harassed by a scarecrow? No. You're way off on this one. Way off. Okay. Does a girl and her dog find him and he wishes for a break? No. This is not Wizard of Oz. Well, I'm out of ideas. You'll just have to watch like everyone else will have to watch and find out what happens to Sam and Dean next. Neat. All right. Well, I'll talk to you tomorrow about it. All right. Have a good night, everyone. <laughs>